Bruce Cook is honored to have you join his conversations with people committed to talking with heart and brain functions in full operating gear. No spin, no agenda, just authentic conversation on just about anything. Welcome to the Bruce Cook Conversation. Bruce welcomes Orange County Supervisor Katrina Foley to talk about gas gouging oil companies, our failure to house struggling vets, and the dangers of lethal drugs on our streets. Then Bruce welcomes Mike Gottlieb of West Coast Sports Associates to share his news on the latest push to keep kids in lower income neighborhoods having access to team sports when the cost of joining are covered. Their annual fundraiser is April 10th in Beverly Hills to honor Carl Lewis. The Bruce Cook Conversation with your host, Bruce Cook. Trending now, here's your host, Bruce Cook. Brought to you by the Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute at Hode. Good Sunday evening, ladies and gentlemen, listening to Angels Radio, AMA 30 KLAA tonight. I'm Bruce Cook. It is the conversation, and we've got a lot to talk about as we do every week. And I start my hour together talking to you on radio by thanking you for the privilege of your time. I borrow that slogan from NBC Nightly News. I like the newscaster that ends the show that way. I'm beginning it that way. Tonight we, we are going to explore some topics that are meaningful to all of us. And we're going to do it with a woman who is many things to many people in Southern California. She is first and foremost an attorney. She's an attorney who is also a, a wife and a mother and a family person. But more importantly, or equally important, she is an advocate and an activist in this town. And she has taken her career from the offices of her law practice to many places in public service. Most recently, she serves as a Orange County supervisor for District 2. Her name, of course, is Katrina Foley. I must also say that I welcome her on the show with great privilege. Katrina, in the past, from time to time, has served as a co-host on this broadcast. She comes to this radio with great intelligence, great wisdom, great insight. And tonight, she joins me, and I get to ask her all the questions. Katrina, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bruce. Wow, what an introduction. I appreciate all the support, and I I love coming. I love coming on your show, and I love what you do. So, thank you so much. Well, with that mutual satisfaction and, and gratitude, I begin by asking a tough question. You, as I said in the intro, you deal with so many different aspects of life in Southern California, and in particular Orange County. Right now, all of us are faced with tremendous inflation. Our gas prices are over six dollars in many places and many stations. And people are worried. They're worried about the cost of food, the cost of housing. What do you say to the idea that our, our assembly in, in Sacramento is proposing a $400 uh, payment, a one-time payment? It's under discussion. It hasn't been decided to California citizens, all of us, to help relieve the pressure. Good idea, bad idea. Great idea. In fact, uh, you know, the phrase, great minds think alike. So on on Friday, or I guess it was Wednesday last week, we filed a um, what's called an agenda staff report, which the Board of Supervisors, we have to get it in by Wednesday at noon, right? 
if we want to have an item on our agenda. I filed mine to request the governor and the state to either give a rebate or suspend the gas tax for a year and also to make sure that our oil companies don't take advantage of that and, and increase the prices anyway. And then literally moments after or before, we don't know, um, my colleague, uh, Supervisor Wagner, filed a similar request. And then our uh, the bipartisan group in the state legislature, led with our friend Cotty Tutu Norris, who's our assemblywoman here, uh, did the same and asked for the rebate. So I think what the message is, it's very loud and clear that regular citizens in California cannot afford $6 a gallon gas. It impacts the goods and services that we also need to buy, the groceries and um, and other necessities. And the cost of living is just going up too much. And so we need to take a pause and address it. Critics of this idea say that it is probably more beneficial to get rid of the state gas tax or even the federal, if we can certainly arrange that in Washington, than to pass out a $400 check. What I've read is, and I'm anxious to hear your comment, the opposition says the $400 check will continue to boost inflation, which is part of the problem causing the $6 uh, gas tax. Does that make sense to you? Well, inflation is not the reason why the gas tax or why the gas is so expensive. Gas is so expensive for basically three reasons. One, we're on the end of a pandemic, and during the pandemic, the uh, you know people weren't driving as much, so supply was available, but demand was down, and so the prices went up. And then we've got Putin and his war, his his horrible invasion of Ukraine, and the and that is disrupting all kinds of our uh, economics here in America and across the globe. But it's also an area where Putin has uh, much in the way of control of oil, and and then of course we have the oil companies, which are at a time when they actually are making money and they could be keeping the prices down, they are not. And couple those with price gouging that's happening and with the tax on top of that, and that's why we have such an increase in our our gas here in California. But, you know, we have to have a, I think, a two-pronged approach. We've got to deal with what is the current situation today to give some relief to families um, because it's at a time when they really can't endure any additional increases to their cost of living or any more disruptions. We're finally kind of stabilizing after the pandemic. And then, but the long term has to be a change of dependency on oil. And so the only way to do that is to move towards more clean energy, electrify our, um, our fleet as it relates to you know, government and um, business, and then move towards um, creating opportunities for more Americans, more Californians, more Orange Countyans to, to buy electric vehicles. I, I bought an electric vehicle last year, and I love it. I have spent very little 
um, on charging, uh, and the benefit is great. No question. What do your constituents tell you? Your your district is a very, very interesting district. It goes from working class to very rich and in bet- everything in between. What are you hearing? Yep. What are you hearing from your constituents here about the economic situation we're in? Well, my 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 current district, you know, it's too hard to explain in a short time. But as you know, the district I was elected to, the district I'm currently serving, and the one that I'll be serving in um, after the next election are all different, right? So right. the the district I was elected to is a, a very diverse district, like you said. Um, we've got cities that range from Costa Mesa, Huntington Beach, that have a whole variety of economic um, uh, differences, as well as very high-end Newport, Newport Coast, and even you know, Rossmore, Cypress, Los Alamitos, some wealthier communities. So very diverse. Um, and you've got then the district that I'm currently serving in after the redistricting, which is predominantly Santa Ana, Anaheim, Orange, little piece of Garden Grove, little piece of Tustin, a much more, um, in terms of the economics, much more socioeconomically disadvantaged district and more dependent on uh, the buses, more dependent on really driving to work in uh, locations outside of their area. You know, I have a 10-minute, eight-mile drive to and from work, but many people in the current district I'm I'm, uh, serving in have to drive a lot further to get to work, and they can't afford it. Um, The district that, District 5, now that's a more affluent district. It goes from Costa Mesa all the way down the coast to San Clemente, but it also includes the UCI and a lot of students living on campus. So I would say across the board, whether you're talking to the wealthiest person in Orange County or you're talking to somebody who is, you know, making minimum wage and just trying to get by, everyone is being impacted by um, the increase in gas prices. And, and, you know, the oil companies are the ones that are getting subsidized. Do you think that they're really, I mean, I've, I don't have any knowledge of it, but my fear is is that there is tremendous price gouging. Is that fair to say, or am I just blowing smoke? No, that's what we are. That's what we are being briefed on. We're hearing that that is what is happening. That there is no reason for the oil companies to increase the cost of of gas, um, and it's just price gouging. So that's what I am. That's what I'm being told. I'm hearing also that the the Russian embargo on oil from Russia. And different uh, statistics have been thrown out by news media from as low as 3% to as high as 8% of American consumption is from Russia or was from Russia before the stoppage. That doesn't seem like a huge amount that people right. should be in a panic over Russian oil. Right. I, I don't I don't think it's about Russian oil. Um, it's more a world as, question, isn't it? Yes. And as, as we have seen so... People are starting to get back to work. You know, gas is more needed as people are now returning from working from home to going back to work in the office or retail, etc. Um, so there really is no reason to continue to increase the price. But the oil companies 
are continuing to increase prices despite the fact that the price per barrel of oil is actually decreasing in the last month. So interesting. yeah. By definition, in my opinion, price gouging. Before I change subjects, I want to ask one last question. Do you think that the cost of gas, regardless of whatever rebate or lack of thereof happens, is this going to slow down consumption at a certain point? Will consumers, all of us, as you say, from the most hard hit to the least hard hit, will we stop driving it much? Will we think about using the car as much? And will that help to reduce the demand and, of course, the supply and demand will even out. Will that be a factor, or do you not see that happening? Um, you know, <laughs> it's hard to predict anything anymore, right? So No kidding. I do think, <laughs> I do think that I don't think we can assume um, so our normal basic assumptions don't really fly anymore in this post-COVID world. Um, but I do, I do see people who are in that um, – in the category of economic class where they're living paycheck to paycheck and they only have so much money to go around. So if you have to make a choice between taking the bus so that you can pay for childcare or taking the bus so that you can pay for healthcare, you're going to take the bus instead of drive your car. You know, families will adjust and they'll make decisions, but most people will also just maybe not go out to dinner or maybe they won't, uh, spend so much money on a, a vacation, or maybe they'll take a different kind of vacation, one that doesn't require driving. So people will just adjust depending on their life circumstance. I am thinking, I think about it. I think about it every day, actually. Should I drive today, or do I need to do those errands, or can I put them together in a grouping and do them all at once? And Bruce, you need to get a Ford Mustang Mach-E. That's, is that what you car. got? Is that what you got? That's- Yes, and my car, literally, our car died. I mean, we just couldn't even drive the car anymore. It would barely hold the charge, and so it was time. Um, you know, Did you I'm get a convertible a, or a hard top? Um, it's a it's a hard top that has a glass on the top. Uh-huh. So, um, Except, yeah, you know what, this is not a very good time to buy a car. Well, I Talk about like, economy. And you said I you bought yours it. a year ago. Yeah. 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 Well, let's not go there. But thank you for asking. And maybe maybe that's in the future. We need to create, though, and I've been talking about this quite a bit, is that the state should be also and the Fed should be giving a a tax credit for um, for used electric vehicles, because you only get the tax credit and the rebate if you buy new. Right. But then we're cutting out a whole. Yeah. So why not? Why not? Yeah. So that's something that would help inspire and encourage more people to buy electric. The only reason people don't buy electric, I think, is now is because, um, you know, it's expensive and it's hard to it's hard to get. They, they, They don't come like I had to wait a long time to get my car. It will change. It's all a matter of time. And uh, yeah. and I'm going to be optimistic and say that in the not too distant future, this whole situation with electric versus fossil fuels will find a balance and we are all going to do well. We will deal with climate. We will clean the air and everything's going to be okay. But it isn't going to happen instantly and it's not going to happen tomorrow and it certainly isn't going to happen right now. But let's change the subject before because I got too much to ask you and I want to segue from the economy from the economy. And we mentioned how hard it is to live to housing. And this is a big deal with you dealing with the homeless. 
I got to talk to you. I read a press release this week that you are very involved with an initiative to turn motels into housing. Talk about it. Yeah. So this is a, a great opportunity that, and it's a perfect example of how you can have the local city, uh, private business, nonprofits, the county, and the state all partnering together. So last year during the pandemic, uh, there was this initiative to convert motels into permanent supportive housing. And it started off as an initiative to just open up rooms in hotels, motels, because people um, didn't have places to go in shelters. They had to reduce the size of the shelters because of COVID and for social distancing. So they, And also the motels were shut down, so they were just bleeding from revenue. So the governor had put together this Project Room Key, and now it's been converted to Project Home Key, which is a much better plan. So the Home Key provides uh, millions of dollars to uh, locals to be able to purchase um, old motels and convert them to permanent supportive housing. And so when I first got elected in, last year, it's been about a year exactly, um, I toured Stanton. Stanton, Mayor Schauber, and the city of Stanton, they have done a fabulous job of converting some really tired uh, crime magnet motels into permanent supportive housing for veterans and for elderly and the like. And so I toured it. I was very impressed. So I immediately got a whole group of mayors and city managers together. I got our county team, our legal department, our housing department, our care and coordination department, uh, planning. We pulled everybody together in the Hall of Administration, and we showed them, here's home key in a box, I called it. <laughs> and so here's what the county can do for you, city, if you want us to work with you to initiate a conversion. And it was great because four cities took advantage of this opportunity. Let me, so let me stop the, you. Let me stop yeah. you and ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Are the cities or the county actually purchasing these hotels from private owners, or are they making yep. a land lease or a deal with them? No, no, no. This, the county is purchasing the motel. Okay, and, so they're, you're taking the private sector out of it, but you're probably they're probably glad to be rid of the thing. Yes well, or no? Some of these motels have been yes. They're very. Some of them are really were, run down. Correct and. And the community is glad, too, because in some cases, these motels have been very problematic. Uh, right. Places drugs and prostitution and uh, people loitering around, uh, crime has been occurring. And so to convert them into permanent housing where people can live and there's services on site um, and a quality of life improving the whole neighborhood, it's just a win-win. Truly. So we got money. We applied. We got money from... The state so far we've received money for three of our home key initiatives anaheim gets their own money so they have a, a project as well and uh and so we're very excited about this opportunity it was we will add more units to our housing stock but it'll also um improve the quality of a neighborhood area let me ask you a question to think about we're going to take a break but when we come back i want to your great answer to this. It sounds really good and it makes sense. But what about the support services for those that are mentally 
in need of help, those that are drug addicted, you can't just put them in a motel room, take them off the street and make everything go away. Tell me what the county and government is going to do for those people. Katrina Foley's with me today. I'm Bruce Cook. It's The Conversation Live on Angels Radio. We're taking a break, but we are coming right back. So don't change your dial. I say don't look back, but I go right back in. Angels Radio. AM 830. At the Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute, the Hogue Epilepsy Program is accredited by the National Association of Epilepsy Centers as a Level 4 Epilepsy Center. This means that our experts provide the highest level care for patients with complex epilepsy. Our patient-centered approach to epilepsy treatment combined with state-of-the-art technology, including robotics and laser ablation, ensure the best possible outcomes for our patients. To learn more or for an evaluation, call 949-966-0243 or visit hogue.org forward slash epilepsy care. gentlemen on angels radio i'm bruce cook the bruce cook conversation tonight with oc supervisor katrina foley we're talking issues that matter to all of us i asked katrina before the break to talk about social services for the homeless being placed in new housing starts in former motels around the county katrina what are we doing to help these people with mental and drug issues in these in this new housing situation Right. So before I answer that question, I want to go back to something you said about um, we're taking the private out of it. But that's not 100 percent correct. So we're we're just replacing the private motel owner with a private developer, uh, usually coupled with a nonprofit to take over in partnership with the county ownership of these. Okay, uh, well, that that so changes things. That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Okay. So it's still a private component. It's a public-private partnership, and so which I think is very important. And um, the other piece is, as it relates, you know, there's a whole continuum, Bruce, of of homelessness and services that are needed for individuals experiencing homelessness. Um, also, we we have what I think most people think of when they think of someone who is homeless, they think of the person that they see on the corner or on the street or in the park in an encampment. But remember, there's a lot of people who are technically homeless, but they may be living in a friend's house or they might be living in their car or maybe they are uh, at the shelter or maybe they're in recuperative care because they had an injury or uh, maybe they're just at, in transition. So we have to think about the whole continuum. And look, depending on the need and depending on the development will depend on what level of navigation services. So for the veteran housing that we're building, it's predominantly services that are just sort of like bus and transportation and assistance with the VA and assistance with uh, benefits help with finding jobs, um, some services and connection to services for mental health treatment, but most of that will come through you know, the VA or their medical doctor. If it's a, uh, a, a motel conversion that is for families, 
that's going to be a whole different level of services. Those are going to be more related to, you know, food insecurity, um, maybe health care. So it just depends, Bruce, on which, which project uh, we're talking about. And then in addition to all of that, we have a whole other model that we're working on at the county, and that is the Be Well Center model. And that is where we're trying to do a whole person care, where we're, we're working uh, intentionally with people on mental health issues, on addiction treatment in a more professional, medically appropriate way. Then I know you and I have talked at length about my concern about these fly-by-night sober living homes that are intruding on neighborhoods and not actually helping people. And so we're trying to create a system of care here in Orange County that that addresses the whole person, knowing that there's a whole continuum. I mean, listen. It's a huge, know this, huge need. Yeah, huge. It is. Yeah. It's huge. And it's so, it's so huge. Individual. Talk a bit about your passion for helping the veterans. I don't think the public knows as much as they should about how large that pool of, of struggling veterans is. And before, actually, before you go into that, because you brought this up, as we're speaking, I have to ask you, these motel conversions with the developer slash nonprofit, are they going to target each of these different groups that you've talked about where one motel would be just for families, one motel would be just for veterans, one motel would be just for single people? And in other words, are, you, are they all going to be mixed together or is it a wise idea to, to distinguish between the need and the type of person living in that facility? Again, it just depends on what the, the, the organization, the nonprofit that's partnering with. What the, their specialty the, is. Yeah. I so see. So there are that are veteran specific. Um, and so um, so it just depends. There's some that have um, a combination. But, but often you're not going to uh, in, include families with maybe people who are severely mentally ill, for example. Yeah, that would, um, that would not sound like a good recipe. Yeah, but there's plenty of veterans that, um, that it, would be, it would be good for both the veteran and the family to be together, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, uh, so a lot of times these are just average residents that just, you know, they cannot afford the cost of living here or they've had some health issue that has disrupted their lives or they, you know, in the case of veterans, and you're, you're right, I have a passion for helping our veterans. How did that you know, come? Brother, How did that come about for you? Well, my brother is a veteran and uh, my brother, well, I have a long line of veterans in my family, but the one that most and particularly influences me every day is my brother. He's medically disabled from the Army, and he really struggles. And I think about him every day when I'm trying to help people because it's people like my brother who um, they just can't get stabilized, right? He's a very smart human, college graduate, was very successful, career Army uh, staff sergeant, running major multimillion-dollar helicopter. Um, and doing a very good job for America. But um, he, he has some severe PTSD and mental illness that is related to um, some health issues he has, and, and he really, he just struggles. You know, he can't, for example, be on the second floor of an apartment building because it causes him to have PTSD. Now, 
average people may not understand that, and it's hard to understand. But that's what we're dealing with when we're dealing with some of our veterans and their unique needs. Um, so we have made some progress, but not nearly enough in Orange County. In 2019, we identified 390 veterans who were homeless living in Orange County. And there was, I'm sorry, 311, 311. And there was this goal. We're going to house all the veterans. We, we got the funding. We, we really set out to create a plan. Uh, and then now here we are in 2022, and we still have 290 veterans that are homeless. Not not and a good we, not a good record. No, and and this is the strange part is that in that same time period we added 187 permanent supportive housing units. But what happened was is that many veterans receive a voucher. It's, it's a voucher you can go use it to rent a house, to rent an apartment. And depending on the, whether it's a single unit, a one-bedroom, two-bedroom, et cetera, the federal government sets a particular amount for that voucher. So that voucher is like a, a check every month to the landlord for a specific amount. We'll call it $2,500 for a two-bedroom. I'm guessing now, it's not nearly enough. Not enough. And not enough landlords are accepting the vouchers. So Orange County is, is set to be in this terrible predicament where we have more vouchers than than we well i'm not going to say than we need but we we have enough vouchers but we don't have enough units and the vouchers are set to expire in september and families may lose their their housing voucher because there's no place to go so this this is a horrible situation with yeah (laughs) wow good luck good luck uh, supervisor, good luck. Yeah, there's just yeah. there's no easy uh, issues to tackle because remember, people may not know this. The County Board of Supervisors and the County of Orange is charged with providing the safety net for all Orange County residents. So um, it's not just about ribbon cuttings that you know new businesses like when you're the mayor, you do a lot of that, right? I was a mayor, I know, um, but. It's about making sure that we have the infrastructure, that we have the infrastructure of our social safety net, um, health care, mental health, housing. These are very important, weighty issues, and they keep me up at night. Indeed they do. Um, I want to thank you for your time today. Unfortunately, our half hour is up. Um, I want you to come back again soon because we didn't get to talk about the drug crisis in Orange County and the fentanyl. And this is so important also because it's killing people every day and something needs to be done immediately. Will you come back in a few weeks and let's talk, let's talk fentanyl. Boy, that's something to look forward to, isn't it, Katrina? (laughs) I will. I will come back. I'll leave you with this on that topic. Anyone out there, who is um, inclined to buy illegal drugs, whether it's prescriptions for Xanax or Oxycontin or cocaine or anything, just know that it's a high probability that it's either fentanyl or laced with fentanyl. And it's deadly. So please don't do it. A good way to end. Listen, all the best to you. Stay healthy. You work so hard. I don't want you to get exhausted. You've got too much to do. (laughs) And uh, thanks so much for your time tonight. Thank you, Bruce. See you soon, I hope. Okay. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Bruce Cook. That was Supervisor Katrina Foley. We're going to take our half-hour break. We're going to switch gears when we come back. I've got another guest for you to meet. We're talking sports in our second half hour, and you're going to not want to miss it. We'll be right back. Angels Radio, AM 830. Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute at Hogue is ranked in the top 1% in the nation by U.S. News and World Report. It provides world-class care through multidisciplinary expert teams, each focusing on specific disorders of the brain and spine, such as stroke, aneurysms, brain tumors, Parkinson's disease, cognitive disorders, including Alzheimer's, epilepsy, back pain, as well as spinal cord issues, addiction medicine, and sleep disorders. Our renowned experts offer the best evidence-based care, state-of-the-art technology, and the latest clinical research, all focused on the individual patient. Our stroke program was the first in Orange County named as a certified comprehensive stroke center, and our brain tumor program is the largest in Orange County and among the top volume programs in the Western United States. Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute, compassionate care, clinical excellence, creative intelligence. To learn more, call 949-516-9075 or visit hogue.org forward slash neuroinstitute. If the woman you love, your mom, wife, daughter, sister, partner, or friend is on a downward spiral from substance abuse and doesn't know where to turn, New Directions for Women can help. It's a Costa Mesa-based addiction treatment facility that has the answer. Since 1977, New Directions for Women has helped more than 5,000 women change their lives, returning them to sobriety, healthy living, restoring love and hope, and providing dignity for them and for their families. Don't waste another day. The woman you love needs your help now. Call New Directions. The number is 888-786-0509. Once again, call 888-786-0509 or visit them at www.newdirectionsforwomen.org. That's New Directions for Women. They know recovery. We're just going to listen to the music and forget the show. It kind of, it's kind of exciting to hear the ba-dum-ba-dum-ba-dum-ba. Hey, I'm Bruce Cook, Angel Radio tonight, Sunday night, Sunday night in Southern California. It's the conversation, and the conversation continues, and we switch gears for our second half hour, and I welcome a special guest tonight, somebody I haven't seen in more than 10 years, I think, who just popped into my life, or popped back into my life. The last time I think I saw this gentleman was at a banquet honoring the late, great Hank Aaron. I think that's right. And uh, he's here because he represents an organization called West Coast Sports Associates. I think I got that right. You did? I did. And it's a, it's a group of men who gathered together some two decades or more ago with the idea that teaching kids the value of sports, the positive part of the value of sports, not the beating up the manager part, not the fighting parents in the stands part, but the sportsmanship part, the reaching goals, the trying hard, the teamwork, the learning 
skills and techniques, not just for the sport but for life, makes a difference. And it especially makes a difference for kids that come from perhaps less advantaged situations. So this organization of men got a whole bunch of big sponsors together, and for the past two and a half decades, they have funded grants to playgrounds, parks, schools, sports programs all over Los Angeles and around Southern California to make a difference. His name is Mike Gottlieb. He's here now. Hello, hey. Mike. Hello, Bruce. Thanks for having me. What have you been doing the last ten years? I've been I, I've been continuing to uh, uh, to help make uh, li li sport life better for the uh, the youth sport community in Southern California. This is a big deal. It's a big deal because of what I just said. But you've devoted a big portion of your life to it. What is the impetus? Well, uh, about twenty five years ago. Uh, three other good friends of mine and myself, Chip Eggers, Alan Lynch, Mike Rosenberg, and I said we all had such great experiences growing up playing sports, playing team sports, life lessons. Um, and none of us were superstar athletes, but uh, without those experiences, who you know, who knows what our life would have been. And we just thought, what about all these kids whose, whose families can't afford to play to play team sports? And by the way, this is boys, it's girls, and our, our, our membership and board is also uh, men and women as well. Um, and so uh, it's, it's about giving these kids, uh, the average kid, we're not looking for the superstar, but just the average kid. And if, if the average kid can't play sports, can't, can't have some semblance of that, um, then... Um, uh, then I think we've all failed. So we took it upon ourselves 25 years ago to to start West Coast Sports Associates. Had absolutely no idea where it was going. Um, thanks to one of our founding members, Paul McDonald, uh, Paul brought Roy Firestone in. Roy is our honorary chairman, and um, every year we have a big gala where we give out the Roy Firestone Award, and the highlight of the night is uh, Roy Firestone interviewing our honoree, and it's and 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 as you can attest, Bruce Roy is still not only one of the the best sports interviewers, but one of the greatest interviewers ever. And uh, uh, our big gala is coming up April 10th. Uh, it's our it's uh, uh, the majority of our fundraising every year, and because of COVID, uh, we didn't have one last year. And interestingly enough, three years ago, our last in-person event, we honored Angel Great Rod Carew. Perfect. Listen, I want to know more about how this all started. You you said these guys that joined you, you grew up together. Were you kids in school we together? We met uh, 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 three of us met at UCLA, and and the other good friend of ours, Chip Eggers, was a Trojan, and uh, we all met early on in our careers. And uh, we said, uh, uh, we don't know how we're going to do it, but the four of us are going to guarantee ten thousand dollars to. Jim Gilliam Park, which is in South L.A., and and uh, we had no idea how we were going to fundraise, but we had an event, and Roy showed up for it. We invited 25 people, told them what we wanted to do, and uh, there was such great enthusiasm that we had every year we, we started the Roy Firestone Award. And, and and if anyone goes on our website, which is westcoastsports.org, or just Google West Coast Sports Associates, you'll see a long list of honorees. We're now in our 25th year. And these are not only Hall of Fame, but the top 1% of Hall of Famers. People how like, do you get them? How did you get them in the beginning? Now I know how you get them, but how did you get them in the beginning? So the first year, well, it's usually Roy. Who was the first one? The first one was Jim Brown. 
Wow. Okay. And and he was fantastic. He showed up and um, uh, uh, really really liked what we were doing. He was very involved with helping kids in the gangs in the L.A. inner city try to you know keep their lives straight. Jim Brown was great, and then we had people like uh, uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, uh, Terry Bradshaw, Wayne Gretzky, Jack Nicklaus, Arnold Palmer. Uh, Pete Carroll, John Wooden, Bill Walton. Um, and this year's honoree is Carl Lewis, who's one of the greatest one of the greatest athletes ever. Let's let's go back to the event. It's April what? April 10th, Sunday evening at the Beverly Hilton Hotel. All are welcome. Uh, How do you get a ticket? How go, you- on, go on our website, westcoastsports.org, and you can click on and get a ticket. You can be a sponsor. You can donate. Uh, the room's pretty big, so we, we, we've always got room for one more. All right, got to ask, how much is a ticket? Ticket is $400. 400 bucks, people. You spend more on that for a really lousy seat in a stadium somewhere. You're going to have a night with Carl Lewis and Roy Firestone and Mike Gottlieb and a bunch of other good guys. Listen, how much time do you put into this? You have a career, you have a family, you have a job, you have a business. Yeah, we're, This is a full-time job. We're all volunteers, and um, the founders have all taken turns being president. I'm the current president. We have an executive director, Susie Lee, who's fantastic. Uh, Susie does uh, uh, so much of the heavy lifting. And we, the, our board, we're all volunteers. Um, we have some people in the sports world, like Jacob Ullman, who's senior vice president uh, uh, at, uh, for talent at Fox Sports. We have people in the business world. Uh, it's kind of where sports meets business. And uh, we all we have this commonality that we have this passion for sports, and we just want to make sure that, that kids get that opportunity. What kind of stories can you share? One or two great stories about how it has changed the life of someone I mean, these are obviously emotional, heartstring stories, but people relate to it. Do you have one you could share? We've had we've had uh, some of the kids that have um, uh, that that have participated in our programs come back and tell us just how much it meant. The parents, who a lot of the kids that participate in these programs, and then I'll take a step back. It's so what we do is uh, we probably put out. Two, $250,000 a year spread out over 20, 25 programs. We have, we started in Los Angeles. We have a number of LA city parks that uh, uh, get funding from, from the city for their facilities, but the programs to play softball, flag football, basketball, soccer, they have to stand on their own. And if the kids can't afford to pay the $100, $200 um, uh, entry fee, that's what we do. We pick that up. And so we go to the park directors to tell us which kids are going to school, staying out of trouble, and we basically put them on scholarships. So we also have uh, some nonprofits that do all sorts of different sports. Harlem Lacrosse, uh, L.A. Scores Soccer with LAFC, uh, Beat the Streets Wrestling, and uh, a whole bunch of different nonprofits, special needs kids and things like that. Um, And so... We've had parents come up and tell us just how amazing it is that their kids can go out there and get a uniform and get a trophy and just participate and do something um, because the family can't, they can't afford that stuff. So it's, it's just an incredible feeling to, to see that in action. Sounds, it sounds really great. Uh, 
That entry fee that is a grant or a scholarship, you just mentioned uniforms and equipment. Does it sometimes cover that? Is that part of what it covers, or do you have to give extra money for the accoutrements? Well, it, it covers, it pretty much covers everything they need. The referees, the, the uniforms, everything it would cost to run, you know, the basketball or the softball, whatever that three, four-month program so is. So that's going to an organization that actually runs the program. Correct. It, so you're helping the kids with their entry so that they can participate in a program. You're not running the program. We don't run the programs, but Got what it. we do okay. is we pick the programs, and we're very thorough about making sure the money actually gets. they're good gets, programs. They, they're yeah. good programs. They get to the kids, and uh, the city of L.A. Is, has been super happy with us. We we started our you know, uh, uh, with Jim Gilliam Park was our first park. We replicated that, so about half our money goes to LA City Parks and Recs. But we now have more members in Orange County. We're spending money in Orange County. We did AYSO and San Juan Capistrano, Dana Point Little League. About thirty percent of the kids at Dana Point Little League uh, are on financial aid. Uh, wow. They need that financial aid, so we help. Uh, support that financial aid. We, we picked up uh, Acing for Autism uh, is a new program for us, which is tennis for special needs kids. You know, you brought up something. It's a little off track, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it anyway. Some time ago, I did a show about financial aid in Orange County for students. And I learned then, which was shocking, and I'm going to bring it up again, that some 40% of kids in Newport Mesa schools need financial aid the wealthiest community in orange county 40 percent of kids need some sort in public schools need some sort of financial aid any possibility of helping out here at home well absolutely we're looking to put more money out now what our bylaws have said we're focused on middle school kids when they get to high school you have more, you know, the the the, the district sponsor that, but but also we didn't want to get, we didn't want to have any issues with NCAA violations because everyone went to a different college. Good, that's and, a good point. But and middle school is where it really has to start, isn't a, it? Absolutely. If it so, doesn't start there, it may never start. So we're we're believe it or not, the last two years it's been hard to put money out. We're lucky we had a we had a good reserve, so we were able to to put money out but with covid it's been very challenging and so we're what about always kids during that two-year covid have they suffered a lot or do you think they'll bounce right back we're in it now what do you what do you think is going to well, happen i think both i think they have suffered a lot and i do think kids are resilient i think they'll bounce back are we seeing any fear from any of these organized teams or from the parents involved that covid's not totally gone and maybe they shouldn't be playing team sports again quite so quickly or is that off the table uh we haven't everybody we talk to the program directors uh for all the programs and and some of the parents as well they can't wait to get back out there uh it's been it's been brutal i mean we're, we're preaching to the choir with them uh but there's been no resistance everybody can't wait because it, it you know it's one thing also you know to to go to school remotely it's another thing not to have physical activity and one of the things that people don't realize is those really good healthy habits that that we develop start in lower and middle school and if you're not active if you don't get those habits started then your chances of becoming unhealthy later on really increase we got to take a break mike i want you to think about it. i'm going to ask you about what those habits are what things really do we need to emphasize in these young kids in sports? What makes the most difference? When we come back, I want a perfect answer. 
Nothing less than perfect. Radio listeners, I'm Bruce Cook. I'm with Mike Gottlieb tonight. We're talking about West Coast Sports Associates and how they're helping kids all over L.A. and Orange County. We're going to be right back. Do not go away. Angels Radio. AM 830. As part of the Pickup Family Neurosciences Institute, Hoag's Neurospine Program offers innovative methods to reduce pain, inflammation, and improve mobility safely and effectively, often without surgery. Should you need surgery, Hogue is a leader with minimally invasive techniques, 3D imaging, and robotics to restore your golf swing or your swing dance. Many of our patients go home in just a few hours, walking the very next day. Call our dedicated nurse navigator at 949-537-2931 for an evaluation or visit hogue.org forward slash sign help. Come and move that in my direction. So thankful for that. It's such a blessing, yeah. Turn every situation into heaven, yeah. Oh, you are my sunrise on the darkest day. And we Got are back, people. So I'm Bruce Cook. Way. The Bruce Cook Conversation live tonight, Angels Radio, AM 830, with my guest, Mike Gottlieb, talking sports for kids. Before the break, I asked him, what are the most important lessons to teach that junior high school kid on the field male female what are the lessons mike well there's a number of them but the theme is hard work uh, preparation uh teamwork um and and put knowing that if you put the work in it'll pay off whether it's in the classroom or whether it's on the field how about persistence Absolutely, because, you know, in life we have to learn to deal with adversity. And on the on the playing field, it teaches us if we're persistent, no matter how many times you fail, you're going to succeed at some point. I mean, we know that in baseball, if you fail seven out of ten times, you're in the Baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> what about... What about sportsmanship in terms of controlling emotion and anger? That's really hard for a kid. It's a, even it's even harder for an adult, but it's hard for a seven, uh, seventh or eighth grader not to get really mad if somebody does him or her wrong. How do we deal with that? Well, I have to give a shout-out to all our program directors. Uh, we've met so many of them, and what they have in common is they're, they're not doing this because they're going to get rich. They're doing it because they want to give back and they want to teach sportsmanship to play sports the right way. And they're all so fantastic. And uh, uh, I, I can't tell you how impressed I am with what they do for those kids and how they're not just, you know, letting them play sports. They're out there, you know, connecting all the dots on the things that, you know, will make you successful in life. I have to go back to what you said at the very beginning of our talk, and that was we're not in this doing this for kids because we're looking for superstars. But let's be honest. Sports today is always looking for superstars. What is this interaction when a kid that really is a potential superstar shows up in one of these programs? What happens? Well, that's a good question. Um, <clears throat> I, um, I, we, we've tried to find some success stories, and, and I'm hoping any listeners out there who've been at any of our programs will reach out. But what I can tell you is I read that uh, Russell Westbrook grew up at one of our parks in Compton, near that park. Um, and there's a good chance he went 
I mean, he was there. Whether he was in one of our programs, I'm not sure. But those are those are the kids that we spent we spent money on to help play in those programs. Um, and so uh, I, we're always scouring to uh, uh, to find those success stories. But it just just to have just to know the parents and the program directors, I, I can't tell you how thankful they are. As we run out of time, Mike, uh, repeat. Uh, instructions and information about your website and the event if anybody wants to attend we already said we got to come up with that $400 ticket but let's let's hear it again so West Coast Sports Associates is our group you can google it the uh, the website is westcoastsports.org all one word and April 10th at the Beverly Hilton is our big gala tickets are $400 we have multiple levels of uh, sponsorship with all sorts of VIPs and perks at 5000 10000 20000 great auction items a lot of really good experiences that you can't get anywhere else what and, about a chicken dinner uh well it'll be better than chicken dinner <laughs> I'm Bruce. sure it will <laughs> I'm sure it will who are some of the big sponsors do you mind sharing uh sure um Michael Carlin, Chip Eggers, Tony Pritzker, Alan Lynch. Um, uh, those are some of our big annual uh, sponsors. Dennis Gilbert's another one. And on, on our website, we have, we have them all listed. But uh, it, it, it's, uh, when, we talk, when we tell people what we're doing, they go, you know, what a great thing. But not that many people do it. So, you know, we want to get bigger. We want to, every dollar we get, that, that's another child that we're going to be able to help. And that's a great thing. I'm so, so honored to have you on talking about it tonight. Listen, you wanted to end our time together with some special messages, and uh, now's your chance. Yeah, I do. Uh, go TCU Horn Frogs. Eh, I understand you have a personal connection. Well, I went to UCLA, and I'm certainly cheering for UCLA, but you end up spending more money at your kid's school. So both of my kids are TCU Horn Frogs, and they're playing Arizona in a few minutes. So go Frogs. Well, there you go. And, and I. You know, full disclosure is very important in media today. So thank you for that. Thank you for coming on the show tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, check this out. West Coast Sports Associates. Go to the website.com. And if you want to go, this is your chance to meet Carl Lewis and uh, also a lot of other probably legendary figures who will be there. Uh, and that money will be providing scholarships to kids in, at parks all over L.A. and Orange County that give them the opportunity to play a sport of their choice. So with that, I say good night, Orange County, Los Angeles, San Diego, and the Inland Empire. Thank you. I am honored that you listen to the show every Sunday night. We'll be back next week. Stay healthy, everyone. And in closing, say a prayer for Ukraine. You've been listening to The Bruce Cook Conversation. Hear The Bruce Cook Conversation on Sundays at 6 p.m. Pacific on AM 830 KLAA. And hear the podcasts of every show on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. <laughs>